As we're on the eve of the month of July, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com has a huge calendar in his office counting down to a 15-0 and Michigan football season and a national championship for Harbaugh. How you doing, Chris? Bill, I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? Good. You, you kind of laughed at that. Are you laughing at 15-0? and no, I. You know what? I didn't predict it. I predicted, uh, I think, twelve and one with a Big Ten championship. And then when you get there, you never know. It's all about matchups. I certainly think it's possible. And this is probably going to be the best chance they've had, and maybe the best chance for a while to win a title. They're deep in every position. You look at the star power they got that with Blake Corum, JJ McCarthy on defense. Defensive line is going to be one of the best in recent memory. And uh, linebacker Junior Colson is going to be a high draft pick. So. Uh, there's talent everywhere on this team. Will Johnson's going to be a lockdown corner probably starting this year. People are putting him already putting him in that category of the tie laws. And you know, Charles Woodson's in a category of his own. But that second tier that's just behind them, uh, he's, he's supposed to have a great year. So, uh, you know what, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, once you get there, it's tougher and tougher when you're playing the Georgias. But they got that beat Georgia drill now. You know, it's like they had the beat Ohio drill the last couple of years. Those guys are focused on that. Anything short of that is going to be a disappointment for them. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, one of our Michigan insiders, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. In putting together the season preview magazine uh, for Michigan football at the Wolverine.com, which people can find online there, what was the biggest unknown you discovered about this 2023 Michigan football team that you didn't know prior to writing uh, that football season preview mag? Yeah, I think part of it, number one, is the, the depth. And, you know, everybody talks about the two deep. You know, these guys are three deep at most positions now with a couple of exceptions. The cornerback is one and quarterback, really. Um, there are a couple of positions there where if you lose a guy, you're going to be in trouble. Probably corner uh, for certain quarterback. The drop-off between J.J. McCarthy and number two, whether it's Davis Warren or somebody else, is going to be uh, would be dramatic. So that's something that they have to avoid. But uh, another thing I learned is that um, that J.J. McCarthy is so far ahead of where he was last year that he was just taking really few reps. He'd get ten, maybe ten reps in a practice. They'd say, okay, you know what, go to the sideline and throw or go do what you want. We've seen enough. So they have high expectations here that that passing offense is really going to improve. And I asked specifically about the receivers. Is there that number one guy like a Braylon Edwards or Mario Manningham? And they don't think so. But Tyler Morris is a guy that they compared to Ronnie Bell. They said he took his number. He's a sophomore now. He said he took his number. And, uh, and it was Ronald Bellamy, Michigan's receivers coach, told me he and Harbaugh would look at each other and say, I, we can't tell the difference. You know, it's unbelievable how uncanny uh, it is, the, the similarities between the two. So they should have enough, enough depth there. Well, they have enough star power, like Ohio State did, to give Georgia a game if they get to that point. I think that's the big question mark. But then the other thing would be injuries. They are feeling really, really good about the progress of Blake Corum, Will Johnson, and Donovan Edwards, all these guys are coming back and going to be, going to be healthy. Uh, they don't feel like they have anybody going into the fall that's going to be hindered by them. So they are very excited to get this, uh, this year started. You know what, we're less than a month. I think it was a month from yesterday, Bill. Big Ten football meetings in Indianapolis coming up quick. Sure is, man. Can't wait. And also a year from this fall we'll have UCLA and USC 
as official members of the Big Ten and seeing UCLA and USC on Big Ten football schedules is crazy. Chris from the Wolverine.com joining us. You can follow everything Michigan football and all University of Michigan athletics 24-7 at the Wolverine.com. Let's talk about this NIL initiative, Empower. Uh, Harbaugh is doing a campaign around the state of Michigan and beyond the borders. Is that a program that not only can put Michigan on an equal playing field with the big boys in college football, but could it help Michigan on the basketball side and other sports? Yeah, sadly, it's really limited to football right now and, and the other sports. I heard John Bacon, my colleague and friend, on the Paul Feinbaum show the other day saying, you know, a lot of the coaches are really discouraged from the other sports, and, and he's right. Uh, you know what? They feel like, you know, they're being left behind a little bit, and it's tough when other sports, uh, other schools, you look at LSU, you look at the SEC, obviously they do things differently, but uh, somebody's got to up, up the ante for these guys because they're getting left behind, and it's, it's really not fair to them to, to hold them to a standard and then not give them the support they deserve. So uh, that's unfortunate as far as football goes. Uh, Harbaugh basically took the reins and said, you know what, we're not going to be left behind. But there's a big difference between what he's doing and what those schools down south are doing. You know, when he talks about transformational, not transactional, I still think the top 25, top 30 kids, top 40 even, are going to be those guys that are getting something up front. And that's not how Michigan's operating with this Empower thing. They are like, okay, there's going to be stipends and you know, part of it is expanding the roster so that you can play. You can pay scholarship players, non-scholarship players to be on scholarship and basically extend above the 85. So I see what they're doing there, and I like it. Uh, but they're the top-end talent, I think they're going to have to get in the transfer portal. For example, next year, if J.J. McCarthy were to go pro, which is certainly a possibility, they would probably go to the transfer portal for a quarterback like Notre Dame this year, like a lot of teams do. And uh, they feel like they can piece it together that way. So I think that's kind of their strategy. They are getting a lot of donors that are stepping up, Bill. And it's really increased that money pool for what they're trying to accomplish, certainly in terms of retaining the guys that they have. So the next week, keep an eye out for a story coming. Tom Brady's getting involved with an NFT initiative. Got a, a business called Autograph. And uh, so there's going to be some merchandise, some fitting cards and things like that that I think are going to go to help. So we're going to have some articles on it next week. Keep an eye on that at Wolverine.com. You know, Chris, one thing about other Michigan coaches being upset, I I really think beyond hockey and basketball, no other sport is a revenue producer for Michigan. And I'm not slamming any other sport. And I'm talking uh, men and women's sports. Uh, but I don't think University of Michigan women's basketball is bringing in a lot of money. I know Michigan basketball still has marquee value. Michigan hockey, obviously. Uh, but when you're talking about all these uh, coaches that want NIL money, yet you're in a non-revenue producing sport, I can see why Michigan is focusing on Harbaugh and Michigan football right now because Michigan, you know, it's a top two program going into this year and they've won the Big Ten the last two years and they've beaten Ohio State in the last two meetings. Dominated them in Columbus, their preseason top two in every single poll. So the other schools just don't have... The, uh, the other sports don't have the same rights, I believe, outside of Juwan Howard, which I will say when I step back, Howard should have an M-Power group 
where he's out there right now off season trying to raise money. You understand where I'm coming from? 100%. And that sport, the football funds the rest of those non-revenue sports, right? So you got to make sure they're fed first. There's no question about it. But I'll go back to what John Beeline said. He was fighting for money to improve the basketball facilities, and basketball was kind of an afterthought at Michigan. And, you know, finally he said, hey, to, uh, to Bill Martin, the athletic director at the time, he said, you know, we're leaders in best, right? Aren't we leaders in best in everything, or do you just want to pick and choose? And they stepped up, they got that brand-new facility, and guess what happened? They went on a 12-year run under Beeline that was pretty much second to none in the Big Ten if you look at the, the results. So what you got that program going. So uh, And then you look at the softball program, you know, for the first time in, in how long, you know, not making the NCAA tournament. And uh, that was a source of pride for a lot of people. And they said, hey, we've got this beautiful stadium, and you know, we won a College World Series. We became the first school east of the Mississippi to do that. Uh, SEC now, I don't think I don't think softball is a huge money maker for them. But if you look at them, they're poaching, and teams like Oklahoma are poaching players from Michigan, and they're you know they want to win, and it's, it comes down to that. It's like you look at the Directors Cup, which has always been a source of pride for the Michigan fan base and the alums, and Michigan finished 11th this year, which is their worst finish since 2015. So I 100% get where you're coming from, and that's where it needs to start. The problem that I have is that they got started two years too late. They saw this coming. The athletic department and others should have been all over it saying, how are we going to counteract this, and and what's our plan going to be? And now they're playing catch-up, and that to me is disappointing. Well, say this about Harbaugh. You found a way to overcome the athletic department and all the changes and the struggles and contracts and delays in contracts, and he's produced a champion. Uh, John Beeline did the same. Uh, Howard uh, has a big year in front of him, but away from the individual coaches, away from the individual sports, uh, the University of Michigan has to get it together when it comes uh, to athletics. They just, for a school that big, that powerful, uh, they need to move quicker. They just do. 100%. And it's too late. Frankly, now you're playing catch-up, right? Other these, other these other schools have been planning for it. Let's be honest. They're not going to be competing like the Georgias and the Alabamas do for those kids. And even Ohio State, I read an article where I think one of their recruiting classes or one of their teams was – 90% four- and five-star players when Michigan was like 40%. So it's going to come up. It's going to come down to really development and identifying talent like John Beeline used to do, and Harbaugh's done it just as well. If you go back and look at the 2018 recruiting class, I think it was in the teens, rated in the teens. The Athletic went back and re-ranked them all. Michigan was third based on the results and based on what the guys were doing, the, the guys they sent to the pros. So you can do it that way, but historically and going forward, those teams that are getting majority of the five-star players, uh, at not just at the skill position players, but in the trenches and everything else, are going to be the teams playing for national titles year in and year out. And then you're going to have some of your sacrificial lambs. And I would put Michigan and Notre Dame in that category, for example. And you know they haven't won a playoff game. And, uh, and when they get to a national championship game like Notre Dame get, they get trounced by Alabama. So there's still a difference there. And let's not just blame the athletic department, and I'm not blaming Harbaugh either, but when he says transformational, transactional, not transactional, I wrote a column about this uh, about you know a year ago when he first came out with that statement and said it's a risky way to go about business. It's noble, but it's risky because you're basically putting it out there that we're not paying you a ton of money up front. But there are ways around it, and they're getting there. And I love the Empower Initiative because it not only includes 
kids getting money for their name, image, and likeness, which is what this is supposed to be, but classes and everything else on what to do with it, Bill, so that when they do get their money, they don't blow it. Chris Ballas from Wolverine.com. They call him Chris Money Ballas, by the way, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line, getting an update on everything Michigan. One, one final thought on NIL, on the transfer portal. You should not be able to transfer in conference. Uh, you can't follow a coach. Uh, and if NIL money is involved, uh, you're going to have to sit out a year. They, they have to come up with some rules here. I get... Players getting taken care of. I'm all for the one-time transfer, uh, but they have to put some uh, rules to it and uh, not micromanage it, uh, but just this NIL is pay-to-play. It is not about name, image, and likeness and the Supreme Court ruling. They need to adjust and adjust quickly. You shouldn't be able to transfer in conference. What they're doing, and it's right there with Hunter Dickinson going to Kansas, Chris. They're taking away watching an athlete and his entire career there, or uh, the beauty of what is still innocent about college sports. Uh, They're killing it, and they need to adjust. I don't think you should be able to transfer in conference without sitting out a year, which would keep a lot of guys from doing it. Uh, But I know the argument is, well, a coach can take a job in the same conference. The coaches aren't held by any rules. Well, guess what? Set up rules for the coaches. Set up rules for the players. Because what they're doing right now with NIL and the Wild Wild West uh, will kill college sports eventually. Yeah. Look at Michigan State losing its quarterback and its wide receiver. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be able to happen. Even, in my opinion, you know, the last day you're caught off guard. It's basically free agency, and there are programs out there that are making lists of guys who they think they can poach. You know, Hunter Dickinson being an obvious one for Michigan, too, like you said. And, uh, you know, and then they come out and they say, oh, no, it wasn't about the money. The hell it wasn't. But we're not stupid people. Yeah. Okay? We know oh, how, come on. We know how, how, about, how about Peyton Thorne, Chris? He says it wasn't yeah. about the money. And, and his first day down in Auburn, Alabama, he's standing in front of his new truck from a local dealer. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. It really is, and it, uh, and it is. It's ruining college athletics. And, again, I'm not against the players getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. That's what it's supposed to be. But uh, you know what? I was talking to somebody the other day who said it's only a matter of time before these guys are going to become employees of the university and probably compensated as such, and then it's going to be like pro sports. And you know what? Uh, get off my lawn, I guess. But there was something special about it years ago. Amen. We're getting fr- away from that Billy and what's going to happen you're going to what the power five was formed to do let's be honest here and then I got to get to a network TO Chris that power five is going to separate where those kids will be employees of either the school or the power five and the athletes and the sports and it's going to be interesting even with this empower when when some of those uh, women's sports at Michigan start raising a legal fuss over wait a minute you're doing empower only for men in football you know that fueled a lot of the arguments about title nine and equality and everything it's going to come trust me uh it it will happen and you know the unionization of the athletes everyone talking about this well you you have title nine that you have to follow you still have compliance officers inside every athletic department and tell me how western or central or eastern or even the d2 schools how how are they going to be able to afford 
uh, having players as employees. It's not It's not going to happen. They, they will stop playing football. That's what will happen. I'm telling you, Western and Central and these schools, if they have to pay, you're going to get the choice to be part of the elite, just like you can uh, have a shot at making the NFL. And if you don't, there's other leagues you can play in. Uh, but uh, you're going to have to have a group of colleges that say we're not paying anybody. Just like what D3 yeah. does, no scholarships, right? Right, and maybe they'll drop down. You know what? Maybe they'll keep football and drop down. You know, who knows? But you have to have a certain amount of attendance to uh, to keep your D1 status. That's not going to happen in a lot of those schools. And if there's a kid worth a damn, then somebody's going to poach him. And let's be honest, he's going to get paid and he's going to move up a level. So uh, it's unfortunate, man. It's, uh, you know, it's what made college football so great, the upsets and everything. You know, remember Central Michigan beating Michigan State, uh, even Appalachian State beating Michigan. You know, there was at least a chance. There's going to be a bigger, bigger divide between the haves and the have-nots, Bill, and uh, that's just the way it is. So this will be unrecognizable probably in another decade. And, I agree. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's like Bruce Motti told me, the former Michigan SI, or, uh, SID, he said, you know what? I said this thing changes, it seems like, every five years. And he goes, not even that. He's like, every year there's something different that makes it a little more unrecognizable. So while I applaud Jim Harbaugh for trying to keep that that aspect of, you know what, uh, amateur athletics, uh, we'll see if it can be successful. So far it has, but it's not about getting there. It's about staying there. And listening to these guys talk about, you know, we're, we can't be blockbuster video. We're on top now. It's about what happens here down in the immediate future. Yeah, there's going to be a, a major portion of D1 schools who decide that they're not going to take part in NIL programs and it will be about the college experience academics and there'll still be opportunities to get a scholarship uh, to play sports but there won't be money involved and sooner or later that's going to happen Chris wonderful conversation thank you for the time and everybody remember follow everything University of Michigan Athletics at the Wolverine.com Chris we'll talk soon you bet have a great fourth brother